Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It is the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Padlansky. With me, as always, is the maestro of Mail Order Mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Yay. And we have our good friend, returning guest, and fan favorite of the show, Michael Mesmer. What's up, everyone? Everybody, it's good. And like I said, guys, look into his eyes. Look deep into his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael, I I haven't talked to you since the the holidays. How was your Christmas and New Year's? You know, that was great. Um, Very busy. Uh, You know, we do a lot of shows during the holidays, of course. And so it was fun that way. But also great to be with family and all that, too, you know? Yeah, it always seems like it goes by, you know, too quick. And, yes, you know, you're you're building up to it. You're prepping for it. And then, boom, all of a sudden, everything's all over. And you're on the uh, the upward swing to uh, to the next event in life. So, yeah, you know, it builds up. It seems to build up to Christmas. Of course, we love Halloween, but it builds up to Christmas. And then after Christmas, like, wow, nothing happening for a while. It's like really, really weird that way. And so it's after Christmas, sort of not depressing, but it's sad kind of because all that excitement is gone until next year. And then uh, we have to wait till at least 4th of July to have fun again, I guess. Yeah. See, I'm like the the same way I get. Some people get like the um, uh, what do you call it? Like the winter blues. Yes. I, I get the summer blues because I like the, the winter time and the cold and yes, me too. All that. So, you know, now I know we're, we're on the, uh, the upward swing to spring and summer. And now I, and the holidays are over. There's really yeah. nothing going on. So I started getting kind of like the, the blues now. Like my next thing to look forward to is uh, Monster Bash in June. So that's like my next <laughs> kind of holiday. Oh, and yeah, then, that's cool. Yeah. And then it's like, man, okay. And then we're waiting for Halloween and then Christmas and New Year's again. So all, all my favorite stuff's kind of at the, the end of the year. So now I'm getting. Me I'm too. getting like the, the blues now, you know, just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, out today here where we're in California, horribly overcast, which I love overcast days. But for most people, pretty depressing. But I love overcast. But it's raining, overcast. In fact, Dracula could be out during the day today, you know. Yeah. See, you know, I was explaining this to someone uh, uh, a couple months ago that we were talking about weather and everything. I said, you know, I said I work nights. I said I love night, you know, being up yes. at night. I hate. I hate being awake when the sun's out. I said, and if it is during the day, I want it to be cloudy yes. and either raining or snowing or cold. I don't like the heat, so I want it to be cold, but you know, not too cold, not in the, the negatives like we had no, a couple no. of weeks ago yeah. where it was, you know, negative 20, you know, a little bit too much, but yeah, you know, down way. in the twenties and thirties are good for me. I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. And, and no, I absolutely love, you know, when, when summer starts turning into the, that fall weather around oh, yeah. September, October, when it gets a little bit cooler. So it's, you know, not too bad. You could sit outside around a nice fire or something yes. and, you know, it's comfortable weather. The leaves are changing. It's always like, it, it, which is great where I'm at in Northeast Ohio. We're like the number two area in the country, I think behind um, uh, Seattle for like overcast. So this is wow. perfect here. So it's always overcast. You know, it's, right now it's it's overcast out there, and I I absolutely love it. So so you're northeast Ohio. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're like where number. I think we're like the number two area behind Seattle, Washington for for overcast. Where are you in relationship to like Wheeling, West Virginia, and Bridgeport and all that? Oh, I'm um. Well, that's that's pretty far. I'm way north of that. You're north of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where a lot of my relatives are from, so I just check in. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's maybe a couple hour drive for me. Okay. So, cool. but yeah, it's it's. I I like this area. You know, I, I couldn't imagine being around the heat. And, and I did live in North Carolina for three years when I was in the military, and I absolutely. Oh wow! Thank you for your hated, service. Oh, thank. I, I absolutely hated the the humidity and the heat, the constant heat. I know one year we had. Um, a huge snowfall. I mean, it was, you know, close to, gosh, maybe eight, nine inches. Wow. It, it, it was quite a lot because, 
you know, down there, as soon as one snowflake starts, everything in the world shuts down. Right. So exactly, you know, the base shut down, everything out shut down. So um, we had a bunch of, you know, we we're a bunch of young, you know, military guys. So we went out, got some potato chips, some beer, <laughs> some fast food. And then as a lot of snow came down, we went out and, and played football in it. And it was uh, it was wow. a blast. And it, and it was really weird to see, you know, coming from Ohio, how many people have never seen snow before in real life. Wow. It was absolutely amazing, you know. So there was there was a few guys down there that um, this was their introduction for, to, to snow for the first time. Oh, so, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was fairly interesting. But uh, anyways, getting off the, the, yes. the weather and all that, how's, yeah. uh, how has your uh, show schedule been? You, you said pretty busy. Really great. Yeah. And now I take, uh, I'm still working in a music park here in Southern California on the weekends, but other than that, it slows down a little bit until I hit um, March and April. Oh, nice. Now, do you have any updates on your, uh, your book that you're, you're able to give us? You know, it's, it's all completed. It's in the can, as they say, and it's going to be coming out um, March um, 7th. And I'm going to be sending you guys some uh, pre-copies pretty quick here. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to, to dig into that. And um, just for people that might be jumping on now or not familiar with it, you want to explain a little bit about uh, what, what your book is about? And and as we get closer and all that, too, to it, when the time it comes out, we're going to be uh, uh, talking about it a lot more and sure. out the information. But give everyone a little overview of kind of, you know, what if it is so they get that little taste in their mouth and they get hungry and they want. <laughs> well, it's a ghost transfer of hypnosis among the spirits. And um Actually, it starts uh, in the coal mines of West Virginia there in, in Bridgeport and uh, Wheeling with my grandfather when he saw an angel in the mine that saved his life. He was a coal miner for many, many years and 55 years, actually. And then it goes wow. through my experiences and all my professional ghost hunting. And yeah, just a really cool book because it's my real experiences, not things that I've studied or learned about, but things I've actually experienced. Wow, very cool, man. I can't wait to... Uh get into that and like i said you know the closer it comes we yeah. will we'll really be uh talking about it what about uh any television shows or anything up on the uh for this upcoming year you know not yet but you never know things you know come along but um no right now not doing any tv right now but um they kind of come when they come you know you just they happen when they happen uh so i'm sure there'll be some in conjunction with the book you know awesome very cool very cool all right, Michael, well, I'm going to turn it over to Big Dog Eddie and see what's <laughs> new at House of the Unusual. What's up, yeah, Eddie? Well, the first question, everything's been pretty good. Um, in, in fact, uh, just finished putting together the uh, newsletter, Ghost Ship Times. I'm just designing the envelope that's going to go in. Oh. And then Joe is going to be first-hand person that's going to introduce it to the public. But um, the other thing I was going to say around our area here is uh, – it's been kind of cloudy. We've had some rain. Thank God we haven't had any any type of snow because uh, I really don't like the snow too much. Yeah. Especially with the shoveling and stuff and my problem with my shoulders that I'm having right now due to the, the storage facility that took me four months to move. I really don't want to get into overstress. I want to give myself a month or two of rest, you know. But uh, hopefully maybe this is going to be one of those years we don't get as much snow as we should, you know. Sure. Um, the other thing I was going to say, when uh, Mike, uh, if you go to Google and you do a Google search and you look up Joe's address, you'll see there's an overcast right over his house. It's usually there 24-7. I wish. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like the monsters, you know, it's always. That's great. House. <laughs> but um, other than that, you know, there's a lot of stuff. What's exciting the most is the uh, newsletter, Go Ship Times. Because it's giving so much information, and, and Ghost Ship Time is actually going to be sent out uh, each and every month. Uh, not each and every month, but I think we're, we're, I'm working on that deal with uh, Joe here. You know, Sounds really cool. Be, but it's going to have, like, un, never published. It's going to be kind of like one of those top secret file things. Yeah. Each time you open one, it's going to have the latest issue, but it's going to have pictures, you know, like some nev never before published either of UFOs or whatever the topic is, monsters. Uh, it's going to be real cool. I'm, I'm just like working the the last parts of it. Uh, and since Joe is the one that decided to republish Ghost Ship Times, which was a magazine 
that I started back in 2008. Wow. So the first issue, it was, I think, 34 pages. I said, no more, man. It was by myself, and it was crazy. And I was like, yeah. no, no. So what I did is some of the people that did subscribe at the time, I sent them a free copy of Mail Order Mysteries to compensate for the year subscription. And, um, you know, that that was about it. But anyway, that's well, what's well, well, I tell you what, Eddie, those photos you sent me of the Ghost Ship Times look, I, the cover and just the inside looks absolutely phenomenal. Wow. Um, and for you know, everyone out there, just a, a little teaser for what this Ghost Ship Times is, is what we did is that we put it on a, we wanted to make it something unusual, you, you know, and something a little bit different. So we, we got a piece of paper and it's kind of folded, folded up uh, eight times and, on each of those eight squares front and back, there's um, either a photo or a write-up and some photos as well. And uh, two of our main articles in there, um, the alien orb and the other one is a case of missing time. There are actually two cases that I investigated when I was a, um, a MUFON investigator. Oh, wow. UFOs and all that. So these are kind of like a, a write-up in regards to those cases. Um so they are they are actually uh, true events and all that, and they are unsolved. So we marked them under our unsolved file. So wow. Then uh, there's some other cool stuff in there, some photos, some um, some reprints reprint, of vintage ads and all that. And uh, you know we don't want to give away the whole house or anything. No. So, but it is a um, it, it looks absolutely beautiful. And I know Eddie went through uh, quite a great deal to get these the way that we wanted because um, there were some places that weren't doing the folds right and everything. And, um, you know, we're going to put these out every so often, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a mystery for everyone out there. You don't, you won't know when these will be coming out. So you're going to have to, uh, tune into the house of the unusual because we'll be talking about it exclusively on the podcast here. So this is the only way you could find out, uh, when and where to, to get the uh, ghost ship times. And you absolutely love it. So there, there are two true stories in this. I believe there's only two um uh stories in this one i i have to look at the write-up but there might be a uh, a third one in there as well but we do have the alien orb and a case of missing time so you don't want to miss out on those that's cool uh, you know one thing i also wanted to bring to your attention is i got a i forgot the name of the individual an individual contacted me i think he's about an hour away north from here I'm not sure. I, I actually, I think his last name, I'm not even going to say the last name because I don't want to, uh, you know, say who he is or anything. Right. But he contacted me and he's like, oh, I, I bought, you know, I used to have a business. I think it was a, um, when you fix cars, I don't know if it was a mechanics shop or he had a, a repair shop, kind of like or... a, collision, a collision repair shop. So what happened is he bought a building that he found uh, used to be a meat factory at one time, I believe. And it's got all this metal walls and stuff. And I think he's like, it's a huge building. I'm doing nothing with it. I bought it because the price was right. And he's trying to tell me that, you know, he like to see if I can get with me and use the building. Um, now, I he was going to invite me up to his area to see it and stuff. But I was thinking the museum idea opening up a museum or I'm putting the entire collection in and stuff. Wow. And, you know, I can ask Dave to come. I mean, it could be phenomenal, but another thing that I thought you guys would find interesting is if you guys remember, I did um, the only reproductions of pirate treasure maps. Yes. The original in the world. Like in other words, no one's ever reproduced the only two remaining flags in the world. So I actually went in and spent almost $3,000 reproducing them. And the thing that's interesting is the uh, Florida Museum for Piracy, which is located in St. Augustine. Um, it's, I think it's called the Pirate Museum. It's just basically the name. And they're actually asking if I would be willing to display it on their museum. Oh, wow. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm figuring that out how that's going to be because I don't think they pay you for that. I mean, I don't know much about it. I just got contact. I got to get a hold of the guy and maybe talk to him as to you know, I, I think there is a certain amount of time you have to get it there, like, say, for example. But the problem is once it goes on display in a museum, they'll become, you know, priceless. And it's uh, I think that part of it might be good for the exposure, you know, could be they're one of a kind. And um, but anyway, that's that's something interesting. And I also 
I think I'm going to be pitching a couple of museums to put uh, Chuck Caputo's collection in it because I do have about 11 of his one-of-a-kind props. Wow. And uh, I, I would love to have that display somewhere too. So I'm, I'm just kind of looking into this whole new aspect that I've never even thought about, you know? Cool. Um, so that that's where we're going. And, and another thing I want to say is that there is – a brand, I mean, I'm not sure where it is, but I think it's somewhere in Pittsburgh and it's close to Jotu or something or in Ohio where they're going to have a magic uh, convention coming up. I think Chuck is going to be in that magic convention. Are you familiar with it, guys? Yeah, I think so. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I believe that's the um, that Oddities house. Is that the one you're talking about? No, 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 no. He's going to be he's going to a convention like three days, I think. Yeah, it's the magic convention. I'm not sure which town it's in, but yeah. Yeah, because he asked me about going and stuff, but it's actually um I'm I'm trying to get out there to meet up with Joe and Chuck, but I was gonna go like because Joe is only an hour away from Chuck, I think. Wow. Um Joe <clears throat> Chuck is five and a half hours from me. So the situation is that I'm trying to go there and rendezvous and meet them, but this convention is actually more west, I think, or something like that. It's like three hours from him, so that would be like nine hours from me. And, you know, I, I was going to try to take a shot, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip it this time because I would have to take too much time off. And, you know, I, I need a couple of vacation sure. days this year. I mean, I yeah. can go meet, drive up to where Joe is, which is like going to Boston, which I do every six months, <laughs> and then, you know, stay the night somewhere there and then, you know, meet up with them, um, take my brand new phaser gun in case Joe tries to get you from me. I want to zap him. And uh, yeah. What do you think? That oddities uh, conference was just out here, uh, Joe, last weekend. I thought maybe that, um, well, I know there's an oddities museum um, out towards the Pittsburgh area. uh, Chuck was talking about, but I, man, thinking back, I want to say that, Convention might be maybe in the Akron area, Akron uh-huh. area. I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait till Chuck gets on uh, next time and he could talk about it. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to say it's around that area. Uh huh. Which would be even farther from Eddie, and it's about um, an hour from me, and probably two, a little over two from Chuck. So, you know that that I I think I believe that's correct, Joe. I, that sounds more like it, but it's funny because you're always an hour from everybody, and I'm five and six. Incredible, huh? I know. I'm in the middle of nowhere, but I'm an hour from it pretty much everywhere. Like courage, <laughs> hour, an hour and a half. Courage <laughs> wow. <to> dog. Hour <laughs> from Akron, <laughs> hour from Cleveland. Miles. <laughs> What's that? I said, I'm a couple thousand miles from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, the other side of the other side of the, the states. Hey, yeah. Mark, how far are you from Disneyland? Uh, about 45 minutes. Oh, 45 oh, wow. You know what, Mike, to be honest with you, one of these days, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it this summer. So I got to get enough courage, like courage the cowardly dog to get on a plane for five hours, whatever. Yeah. But I, I'm really thinking, because I like to just fly up there for the day, go to that Disneyland and see the original Haunted Mansion there. Oh, yeah. I, I've been four times to the one in Miami, but I like to see the outside facet. Oh, that. okay. So if I'll let you know ahead of time if I do so, we can definitely meet up there. If I'm available, I'll be there in a minute. Yeah, or yep. 45 minutes. I'll I'll try <laughs> to make sure that you will be when I go. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you guys something, and Joe in particular. Have you heard that um, famous monster is trying to resurrect itself again? You know what? I have. Um, <clears throat> I was reading some info on it about on a form, but I haven't. Um, I haven't seen any more news about it if it was going to be monthly a quarterly yearly uh digital i i haven't uh seen anything have you well they're having a film festival here in la uh down at the chinese theater uh and they're going to have like all the classic movies they're they even showing uh alvin costello meet frankenstein on the big screen um but oh, wow. i don't know if it's, i don't know if they're just speculating doing that to try and relaunch it and maybe they don't have I don't know even know who's running it, so it's kind of mysterious. So I was just wondering if you had heard anything. I, I haven't heard anything, but I know that the, the weird thing about Famous Monsters is when it originally got re, re- published, I forgot by David something. Um, 
him and J Forrest J. Ackerman started it again, and then somehow him and Forrest had a fallout. They blackballed famous monsters among all the famous, you know, all the monster collectors. And somehow they got sued. Uh, I don't know what happened, but the magazine went like down. Then they republished it again, this time without Forrest J. Ackerman, whatever. Then it went down again. I don't know what really happened because, I mean, technically the guy who bought it had all the copyrights, I think. Well, yeah, I think there was two people that thought that they owned the rights. There was two different entities and they were at war with each other. And I don't know how that all happened. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't I don't know, which, which is kind of weird. And the whole thing that really blows my mind away is that Jim Warren, who was the original publisher yeah. of that stuff, somehow he doesn't own anything. I don't get it. It's weird. But yeah, they're oh. having a film festival for a whole weekend with like 20 different classic monster movies at the Chinese theater. I thought they don't have a magazine right now. So I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I was tempted to go, but it was just too expensive for the weekend. It was like, I don't know, 200 and some dollars to see the whole weekend. And of oh, course wow. on Blu-ray. So, you know, I like to see them on the big screen, but still, you know. Yeah. That, that, that's insane. Though, 200. You, you want me to tell you something? The same thing. I think the recent, uh, and I like famous monsters. They actually have, I forget what issue has an article about me <clears throat> and you know, wow. Yeah. I, I'm in it. And, um, it's not about me. It was about Kirk Demaris, but he he mentioned me throughout the entire article. Nice. And I have the copy of the issue somewhere, but I mean, the prices are like fourteen ninety five an issue. Uh, not too many people are going to be buying it. You know what I'm no, saying? No, you're right. They're just overpriced. I mean, at least. Well, and, and you know, the thing is, Scary Monsters has really taken that that spot. Yeah, now. I think so. so. You know, it's going to be hard for them <clears throat> to come back again, unless it's just maybe four times a year with these deluxe issues or something. But, you know, really, um, that market's been cornered by Scary Monsters to a great degree now. And and also Castle Frankenstein, as Joe said, is right. back. So, yep. yeah, you, you know, it's it's going to be really tough for them because there's a lot. I think there was um, there's one mag, I, I believe that's going all digital. I can't remember if it's um, Rue Morgue or Hora. How one, one of those, I believe, is going digital. Oh, wow. Uh, from what I've heard, um, and the you know the just just listening to Mike, and I'm sure you get the same emails from the scary monsters yeah. folks. You know, it's it's tough with you know the shipping and the printing costs anymore, and you know they're having a, a tough time too. And they're you know one of the top tier magazines right. in, on the genre, and they're having an issue with distribution, with printing, with uh, shipping. So yes. you know. Coming into that market right now again is pretty tough. Even you know if you want to try to do something, um, even quarterly, you know, which kind of scary monsters does, but even quarterly is tough. And it you know, and, and they're just doing the pulp paper. You know, if you want to do the the glossy paper, you're right. you know all color. You're looking at you know your costs going through the roof. So you know then you have to put out a twenty dollar magazine, twenty dollar plus magazine. Yeah, and is there really a market? You know for that, that anymore when I, a lot I, of that info you could find uh somewhere else so it, it, it's kind of tough and i tell you what scary mon or um famous monsters still owes me like three or four issues because i subscribe to them um wow so what year did they make the comeback was that in the the late 90s or early 2000s early 2000 okay so i i was still in the military then and i had subscribed to them and I can't remember what the subscription was, four or five issues, something like that. Yeah. And I received the first issue and went back to my duty station. So the mail was at the time was still going to my parents' house. And um, I remember coming back home like a year later. I'm like, man, I get my, you know, read these. I have a, yeah. I should have a bunch of scary monster or uh, uh, famous monsters. I asked my parents, I'm like, hey, where's, you know, my magazines and all that? You know, they, they're like, no, nothing ever came in because. My, you know, my dad, he, he was a fan of them. He would have probably, you know, read them and definitely right. put them in a bag and board for me and, you know, put them in my room and nothing ever came. I never got to them. I sent them a, a letter at the, a letter or email at the time. I can't, it might've been a letter. Yeah. Never got a response back or nothing to this day, man. I, I paid for that full year subscription and only got the, the first issue. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing to get, to get the trust of the buyer back again is going to be tough. And, and you know what? I was reading a um, a forum thread online um, a couple months back, and there was a lot of people around that time with the same issues where they were uh, they weren't receiving their 
their full subscription that, you know, one, two, maybe three issues or the first, second issue. And then the, the, you know, their fifth issue or something like that. So around that time there was, there was a lot of problems and yeah, I, I wouldn't get a subscription, you know, and, and even subscriptions nowadays, you know, you're paying for a year subscription for say seven magazines and they go bust after four or five, then, you know, then what? Well, the thing is, Scary Monsters really has brought up their level of, of storytelling and, and articles. I mean, it would be hard to compete. Maybe you could do it with the glossy photos and everything. But but as far as the story stories and the content, it's going to be pretty hard to, to top Scary Monsters at this point. Yeah, I definitely think it is. You know, and there's, um, you know, there's a small niche for some of those other magazines out there like uh, um, We Belong Dead, Rue Moore, oh, yeah. Horror Hound and all that. But, you know, from things that i've read is that they're struggling too you know and right. uh, all these mag a lot of these magazines are struggling and a lot of them are trying to go to digital and even on digital they're they're struggling so uh it'll be interesting to see what's going to develop from from um famous monsters you know when they came back a few years ago when they were doing i think one or two issues yearly right i had bought the first one they put out i think it was Twenty dollars or something like that, and uh, they did. A, they did a nice Godzilla uh, one that, well, at some point too, I remember, and I like that one. Yeah, you know, when when they came out, I I, I liked their their covers and all that. Some of the um, uh, the articles in there, I wasn't really impressed with, and no. I I, I kind of never went back to it. You know, it's why why waste my time reading this when you know I could go through a, a, a scary monsters or even a back issue of scary monsters that I haven't read yet. You know, from the uh dennis rick dennis days so yeah and you can get twice as much content in the current scary monsters than they put in the in a famous monster so right you know and, and to me i like if i'm it, and this is just my opinion you know your mileage may vary but you yeah. know if i'm reading about classic monsters and all that i kind of like you know i i like reading reading the articles with black and white photos to accompany i do not i do too, I, do know, too. Yeah. I i don't want the 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 color photos because it just doesn't it doesn't mix well with what it you're, does you're, you're reading about a, a movie from the 30s and then you have a, a color photo so. yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't give you that that feeling you know the classic right. feeling i i tell you what i do do enjoy though when there are color photos is seeing uh original artwork of the monsters oh yeah i i, I love original artwork and um even a few years back on um Universal uh, Monster Army form site. I commissioned a guy. He did a a Drac a Bela Lugosi Dracula and a uh, Boris Karloff Frankenstein for me. Oh and wow! He he had a whole bunch of stuff that he was selling on there and uh, doing commissions and everything of the this artwork. But um, like my my Frankenstein one, it's a huge one and it's a horizontal of uh, a Frankenstein sitting in the you know the chair when they chained him up. Yes. And it's all in black and white. It looks absolutely fantastic. And but the Dracula one, he, um, I had told him I wanted it kind of in color, but there were sp- certain specifications. I wanted it kind of like darker, uh, darker colors, you know, darker reds and all that. And it, it came out absolutely phenomenal. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, I, I do. If I if I'm gonna see classic monsters, you know, in color, I want to see some original artwork. Well, it's like I love Eddie's posters of, of Dracula and Frankenstein. They're awesome, you know, the life-size ones. And they're in color, which I love. But, yeah, in the magazine, when you see the, the, the actual, you know, photos of the actual film, you wanted to see it in the way it was. So, yeah, I agree with you. Right. It just kind of blends well with, you know, with the information that you're reading. You know, it so. does. Yeah. What do you think, Eddie? What's your opinion on it? Well, I was going to say it was kind of funny because there's two things I'm going to say. One. First about magazines, when magazines go all digital, it's it's kind of a way of saying, you know what, we're going to try to keep it alive, but we don't want to spend any money on it. So we're just going to do it digitally and whatever, because the problem with digital stuff is when they just did, and I read it in the uh, New York Times, not the New York Times, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal, that the reason Barnes & Noble is kind of still doing kind of good is because for some reason, as much as they try with digital books, they haven't really taken off ever. It's still only like 15% of the population with wow. the regular print books. That's one thing. So the other thing is, I'm not going to mention names, but I knew a publisher that published a monster magazine years ago. 
And since the person really didn't know where to publish or anything, they were paying per issue almost $6. And then they were charging $25, I think, a year, which gave them a four, a $4 or $5 profit. But that didn't count that they were actually, I mean, they were sending four issues out. So they were losing money. They were putting money out of pocket in order to keep the magazine alive because yeah. you had to pay for shipping. Now, one thing about that is if, when you're doing things like that, mostly you can ship, uh, I believe, magazines if it's considered like a book kind of. Otherwise, you can't. You can do media mail. Yes. The, the idea behind that is if you're going to do anything that you're going to ship out, you got to make your magazine into like slash a storytelling book of some sort and call it something that's booked so you can use the media mail format, oh. which will keep it like $3 and something cents to ship uh, nationwide. The other thing is <clears throat> you have to also have a digital format of the magazine so that you can compete in both worlds. Huh. this way you have because when you get magazines like famous monsters like like joe said i i understand what he says it was 20 i made a mistake and you get this magazine and when you look at it it was garbage you really didn't have right. articles that were even interesting and colorized photos i do understand okay you get the glossy pages but then i don't know if a lot of people have noticed when you have the glossy pages if you're thumbing through your magazine and you put your thumb yes of any letters the letters just budge so you kind of ruined the magazine. And I'm like, what? And then to one of my famous monsters, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. Somehow I had my finger while I was reading the article over the thing. And then the entire little section, my fingerprint could be seen. Yes. And the letters just distorted. And I'm like, that sucks. And so that's the bad thing about glossy pages. Um, now, I, I don't know if they've, I don't think they've improved it. Because it's only like a year or two or three years ago we're talking. But then my other take about monsters, well, Everybody knows that those six-foot monsters that I sell, the Frankenstein and the uh, Dracula, okay, originally in 1961 or 62 when they were produced, they were produced in color. Uh, but the thing is that later in the, I think like in 1967, 68, there was a company in England that did a similar six-foot Frankenstein. Huh. When you stand them next to each other, there's a slight variation in the face. Uh, the body looks the same, but the face is more. And then since they didn't have, I guess, the right equipment to print, the foot area between the knees and the foot, there's a section there that's glued on. And then they put a cardboard on the top and a cardboard on the bottom, like the old-fashioned Chinese calendars. Yeah. Had the little thing. And so the difference between the Frankenstein that was done by the Lowell Toy Company in Long Island is that it's a single one-piece. It's beautiful. And the one that... um was done in Britain, the knockoff, a lot of people call it, was a two-piece thing. Now, Famous Monsters, when it first came out with Joe said in 2000 or the 90s, I think it was 2000, but anyway, whatever, they found in Europe, uh, I think a guy that goes by the name of the Monster Company or something, found several hundred of those knockoffs. And he started selling them at 125, then they went down to 99 and after everything was on, they were involved in a fire. So some of them had fire marks on them, okay? Uh, but what I'm saying is he sold quite a few hundred copies. And some, at the end, the ones that were really, like, damaged, where they had fire marks all around the corner except for the image, went as little as 50 bucks or less. I have, I think in my percentage, like three other copies. Um, the point I'm trying to say is that there's some guy in, in on eBay, and he's asking 875 for the knockoff. Wow. Original. Wow. He's saying original Frank because the problem is that this Frankenstein was offered, I think, by one or two mail order companies. And when you would order it, it would come with three little creepy um, rubber monsters, a caterpillar, uh, a spot, oh. something like that. And it came inside the tube. And uh, but what people don't realize that that was not the one that was sold through Honor House or. Right. You know, but some people, you know, they think it is. And I tell people out there that are listening, if you want to see which is the knockoff, and it's definitely not worth no three hundred dollars. Uh -uh. Fact, it's I've seen it go for as much as seventy five dollars. But the thing I was going to say is now the prices are going crazy through the roof on everything on eBay. But if you want to know the differences, like I said, the fake knockoff has a cardboard in the top with a string, has a cardboard in the bottom, and if you look closely at the photograph you can see through the, the paper that there's like a darker line that goes between the knees and the um, the, the boot of the Frankenstein. You can see that it has a, a part that's actually glued on. 
Wow. Now, that's the knockoff. And if you put them side by side on Google, look up both photographs, you can see there's a big difference. Uh, nowhere the knockoff. But anyway, that's my point. I wanted to bring across about those monsters. Um, well, and the yours are so beautiful. They're like a, a work of art. They really are. You, you know what it is? Is because what they did is, what I did is the original were just like flat, very semi-gloss. And then when you reprint them on photo paper, yes, photo quality paper, super gloss, they, I mean, they turn beautiful when you oh, yes. original next to the, let's just put it this way. When you put side by side the original with the copies, uh, it actually looks, <laughs> it looks a little bit like the original was left out in the sun a little too long, you know? Sure. So it is, it is, a more, it's more vivid. It's beautiful. I love the <laughs> copies. And one thing for anybody out there, I haven't actually, I, I didn't know what it looked like till I actually ordered one for myself because uh -huh. I do have them on print on demand. You know, I don't actually look at the copies. They're done by the printer. They're shipped directly to the customer. And I got to tell you something. I ordered for myself one of the seven foot bony, the skeletons. Yeah. Which, yes, I took the original bony and I did some Photoshop to it to make it a little better. And I got to tell you, I was thrown back by it. In fact, I'm I'm going to take the Frankenstein, the bony, and put them up side by side because it is 84 inch. I mean, it's seven it's seven feet tall. It's so cool. Really, they're 33 inches wide. It's huge. But the oh my gosh, the skeleton! I'll tell you one thing. Joe, I know would love to have one in his store so he can go to sleep and look at that man from the oh wow staring at him <laughs> with his evil glow in the dark eyes. You know, Ooh. <laughs> that would be cool. That, yeah, I don't know how much my wife would like it, but I I sure would. <laughs> right. She'll be Joe. You got to get that off the wall, Joe. But honey, I it's part it. of the uh, family now. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, Flintstones episode where Glenn? The, 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 I think it's uh, it's one where there's a guy who's supposed to be like Frankenstein. He goes, "Don't do it, Glenn. I have to I have to be a mad scientist." Oh boy, <laughs> I remember that. I forgot the episode, but that was funny. I have to do it, you know. And Joe has to tell that to your wife, Joe. I have to do it, man. I have to. Have to just have to do it. Yeah. I have yeah. to keep it hanging. Yeah, I have another question for you guys. I have been binging Penny Dreadful. Do you guys ever watch that, or have you ever watched it? I have not. No. It's you know? uh, it's very adult, and the things that come along with an adult program, but it's some of the best depictions of the Frankenstein monster, Dracula. Um, it has um. It has uh, a Dorian Gray in it. It has the Bride of Frankenstein. It has, um, yeah, just it has a Wolfman. It's really cool. You know, I haven't heard of that, but when me and Chuck, <laughs> which is so funny, have been binge watching, is the hilarious House of Frankenstein. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a goofy show, but it, it's so funny, man. I I I actually enjoy it. I enjoy the uh, my favorite is the uh, Librarian. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, Penny Dreadful is very serious and very um, probably one of the most serious treatments of those characters. Um, and Timothy Dalton's in it as the, one of the stars. Of course, I loved him as James Bond. and uh, It's really good, but it's older now, so it's on Showtime, I think. But I bought the DVD set, but it's very adult. You know, there's sex, violence. What, what year did that come out? A um, few years back. I'm not sure right now, but um, but it's just really good because... If you get by the, it really didn't need the sex in it, really. But you know they do that with everything now to get attention when it's online, you know, or on you know Showtime or whatever. But what a great story of 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 the whole monster! It's like a monster mashup. That's really awesome. I've I've never heard it. Sounds cool. Now, let me ask you a question though, you guys. Uh, Joe, uh, did you already pre-order the new Ultimate Dracula? Which oh, what is that? that? Tell me. Amok, Amok time, A-M-O-K, Amok time. They had the ultimate Frankenstein about a year ago or something. And the new ultimate Dracula, they also have, I think, a, a scene where they have the coffin or something you could buy separate. Oh, wow. I haven't, you know, I saw the coffin thing. I think that's going to come out, so I'm going to pre-order. But I, I ordered the Dracula. It, it's it's a great Bela Lugosi lookalike. You know? Oh, wow. Joe, Joe you got to see it if you haven't looked it up. Yeah, it's, that's the one. Um, Yeah, NECA put it out. Um, no, but it's, it's by Amok, A-M-O-K, Time. Or is that the company that sells it? 
No, Muck Time is just a um, they're just a comp they're they're just a retail company, but NECA is uh, the one that uh, is doing the figure. And yeah, I was I actually went the other day to Target to see if it was out because I usually they're up there, but I haven't seen it um out yet. I don't know if they if they've hit the shelves or or not yet. I know online you could order them, um, but I haven't seen them uh, on the shelf. So there's that one, and then there's going to be a um. A really nice uh, Invisible Man. Uh, wow, that should be out soon. It's either out now or it should be coming out soon. So, how big are it? they? They are uh, seven inches. Okay. Can you see the Invisible Man? Yeah, you know what? It's really cool how they have it. <laughs> they have him in a um, in his suit, but have his face wrapped. But the, the inside, like you could look through the eye and nose sockets and the mouth. And it's there's nothing in there, so it oh, is that, wow. that is visible like that, which is really cool. That is, I never thought of that. That's really but cool. I tell you what's what's funny, Eddie, when you speak of that years. Uh, this came out maybe in the nineties or early two thousands. There was a, a, I think it was a, um, a Teen, was it Teen Titans? Uh, I think it was a Teen Titans um, box set of figures. I think there was maybe. 10 figures in the box. So, and, and there was five on top, say there was five on top, five on the bottom or four and four, however it was. But the one girl on the, the, the team, which was invisible girl, they had just in her box, nothing. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. I said, what if I said, that is just like, they couldn't put like a clear figure in there or something. They just <laughs> left it empty. Wow. I yeah. Think I don't know why, Joe, for some reason, I think I have that because I was just thinking about that. I was going to ask you that part. And um, I do remember there was like a plastic thing and you would buy just that there was nothing in it. Wow. Um, you know, Joe, it's kind of funny. Uh, years ago, they were selling just a display where the Invisible Man, I think it was the Aurora Invisible Man would go on. They were just selling the, the base and I bought it. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. But- it has nothing on it. It's just a base. And I came across it a couple of weeks ago, I think. And I forgot where it is exactly, but it was wrapped up in, in the bubble wrap. And I said, what? And I remember that I had bought the base for the Invisible Man. But one That's thing I'm going to say, Joe, is I pre-ordered the Dracula. I know it might be a little $10 more expensive because I obviously came out to 50 uh, because of the fact that it um, you're paying for shipping, you know. But... You know, Joe, I, I don't know if you, I want to hear your opinion on this, but when you compare the new NECA, the artwork they're doing in those monsters, I mean, you know, Bella Lugosi, I think the son actually put out uh, a couple of, or he licensed a couple of Bella Lugosi toys that went back to the 90s. But when you look at them, they even that life size bust by Distortions Unlimited or Elusive Concepts that put it out, I think it is, it doesn't give Bella as much as this new NECA little toy does. What do you think? You know, the NECA toys are, they're, of, of course, technology's come a, a long way and they do a lot with, uh, you know, computers and then transferring it to um, their design and all that. But, you know, looking at the, the NECA one, it does look, um, it looks really good. Um, it, it comes with two different heads. So you have three heads total, one where he's wow. kind of smirking, one where it's just a very kind of stoic look and one with his uh, mouth open. And they all look, I tell you what, they all look good. I, I've I've always been pleased with, I, I've been buying NECA toys for, since the company's inception and uh, all their horror stuff. And they always do top of the line, uh, top of the line uh, figures and all that. Even if it's not monsters, they're just, everything's good. And I'm just looking on their site now. We're on that amok, and there's going to be a, a phantom figure as well, the uh, the Juan Cheney, oh wow, uh, which is a pre-order. But yeah, they all look they all look fantastic from the sculpting to the uh, the coloring. So Joe, I've always been happy with their stuff. Joe, there's another company that came out recently. I don't know if you you're in the computer, you might get the name for it, but they introduced a couple of figures, and they're introducing a lot of them, and they actually look. Some of them might actually be competitive to Neko, even better. One of them is the Tin Man from the Monsters, where Eddie makes the robot, the Tin Can Man, I think it's called. I was able to get that action figure. And they also reproduced the Jack Davis poster 
in action figure. Um, so the back of the of the action figure, the the cardboard it comes in, it's actually the ad itself from Famous Monsters. Oh wow! And it's like a grayish. I don't know. Have you seen them? They were like seventy bucks a piece, man. But yes. I got I got those two because they were just phenomenal, man. No, <laughs> I haven't were, seen those. I try to look, see if you can do a search right there, a the Tin Can Man, and see if you can get the name of the company. You can see the one I'm talking, but it's definitely not NECA. It's a it's a new company, and I got to tell you, I, I I found it amazing because when they shipped them to me, the packaging itself, they actually put bubble wrap around the action figure inside the packaging because I think the packaging clips on and off so you can actually open it and close it again. Um, but it's was like, the, uh, the packaging, was it like a pink and yellow background? No, 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 not at all. It's, it's grayish. It's like uh, it's made to look old-fashioned. It's made to look like a, a magazine out of Scary Monsters, basically. Huh. Do you see it in front of you? I mean, were you able to find them? No, I'm looking right now. The one I found had like a pinkish... No, no, then look up, um, look up the Jack Davis on eBay. I know they had them on eBay. The guy was trying to ask for like 80 bucks or something for each one. Um, it's a uh, Jack Davis, Jack Davis Frankenstein action figure. See if it is. It's the same company. When you see the gray uh, thing, you, you'll see which one I'm talking about. They're really phenomenal. But, you know, guys, I wanted to put out. Um, I do have them, but I, I put them out many years ago. You guys are familiar with the six foot poster of Zachary in black and white, right? Yes. I had a, I commissioned a friend of mine to do a colorized version of it many years ago, and I have it. I also know that Jason Willis or something like that, he put out a, a full color six foot moon monster, which, you know, I don't know how well it would do, but it's interesting. I mean, uh, what some of that stuff would do is, I mean, it, it, to experiment with what I wanted to put out that I was thinking about. I want to talk to Joe about that because Joe would be the one. Um, there is on anybody who has mail order mysteries will know that on page where it has the moon monster and all the stuff, there's a moon monster that's standing sideways. I, I think I'm the only one that has that poster. That was before the original moon monster. I was thinking, I already scanned it years ago. I was thinking of actually trying to produce one of it and, and see, because I'm sure a lot of the Moon Monster fans would definitely want that. But I haven't done it. Basically, I haven't done it because I'm trying to do too many things at one time. Let's just put it that way. And it's not going to. But I'm working on too many projects at once. And right now, my sole one is to finish um, tonight or tomorrow, finish the design for the Go Ship Times. And then Joe can launch that. And uh, I'm going to send Joe so that Joe can actually do kind of like a quick video uh, launching it and showing it so that when it goes on eBay, which I believe is the best market for it in the beginning, uh, you know, people can actually click the link and, and, and see Joe if, if that's OK with Joe. Uh, but that would be um, my way of going with that. And the second thing I'm going to work on is probably bringing back the moon monster. And I also have been. On a long, I've been trying to do it for a long time, but I keep putting it off. But I'm actually going to try to reproduce the original haunting record on vinyl. Um, I put it cool. off because I, I did, you know, a couple other projects and I got back with David. We did the six foot, Fra I mean, the seven foot Frankenstein. We did a, a haunted house barometer, which is those little houses where the, the guy would come out when it's raining and the girl, you know, those things from the 70s. We did a bunch of those and. You know, so basically we had that and, and we also did the HypnoCoin. We bought back the HypnoCoin. So, you know, I, I'm trying to do one thing at a time. I don't want to go too overly because uh, it's it's making me go too thin, you know? Well, sure. But anyway, hey, Eddie, I, Eddie, I did find that, that company for the, the Tin Man and it's called uh, Brent's Dolls. Yes. And, yeah, for anybody out there, it's spelled really kind of strange. It's B R E N T Z D O L Z. Uh, so you could just type that in your search, and uh, you could bring up uh, a few sites. They got some stuff on eBay, but yeah, their their figures go for a decent amount of money. What do you think compared to NECA? I mean, in quality or or in the way that things. These look are more of like the. Um, um, what would you? These are more of like the uh, the Mego uh, figures from the the seventies. But those are cool too. 
Yeah, so that you have a totally different kind of uh, a figure here. You know, they're they're, they're basically updated Mego figures with the you know the cloth and all that, but they're still the uh, the sculpting on the head and and all that is really nice. And um, I'm looking at a lot of the uh, the figures from like uh, the monsters. Um, they have the Jack Davis uh, Frankenstein, of course, which they have a black and white and a color version of that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, they have some updated or some more contemporary figures like from Jeepers Creepers. Um, they do have a, uh, a Ghost and Mr. Chicken uh, figure, another one from Westworld. Wow. But yeah, you're looking at, you know, 70 bucks and up for these figures, which um, they look really nice. But, you you know, you're they're very limited edition. So you're going to, you know, pay a little arm and a leg for them. So. Yeah. I just you know, text message you guys. Uh, my daughter's life mask of Bella Lugosi. Oh wow! How the heck did how the heck did she get that? That is cool. Oh, uh, I have one of I have one of she has, she has that one, and then I have a Sean Connery one. Um, you can look online and find them. They were made for movies that they did because when they were doing makeups, they uh, would do these at the studio, and then um, that's actually his face. That is really cool. Let, let me ask you a question, Joe. When you say that, and, and now that you said that, Mike, do you remember I sent you a picture, one that I was able to obtain of Bella Lagos a while back, Joe? Of which one? A, a life mask of his face. Did I send you that picture? I kind of remember it, but not really. Yeah, there was some guy that had the life, same life mask that, that uh, Mike has, but it was kind of where he did it. They they airbrushed it in gray, black and white, kind of. And his eyes are like coming out. It looks like his eyes are open looking at you and stuff. I mean, uh, the funny part about it was that the guy who had it bought it and he was just trying to get rid of an estate sale or something. I got the thing for like 50 bucks. <laughs> wow. And it's, you know, I, I opened, I said, Ooh, I'm not selling this. That looks like something that would definitely do over five, six, seven hundred dollars. It's it's phenomenal. But you made me I forgot all about that. I got I got to look for the photo, send it to you, Joe, if you don't have a new mic. Uh but um Yeah, I really love the life mask because it's like you have a part of the person. It's really cool, you know. Yeah, that's from an actual cast. In fact, I think a lot of those casts is where they made the mask for them in the seventies. And well, I, that's gonna be our, our next uh, offer here on House of the Unusual. Uh, a Joe and Eddie life mask. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so you could strap it on your face and you could wear it around town and be just like us. You'd be famous. Yeah. No, it might mess my life. Hey, I, I have a question for you guys before. I know we're getting close to the hour. Uh, what do you guys think of the new two and a half hour Sven, Sven Gulli program? You know what? I don't I, I don't have any way to watch uh, Sven Gulli. Uh, where I'm at, I'm kind of like in you know, years ago. Years ago, I had petitioned a few companies to get me TV um, around in this area just so I could pretty much watch Fenguli. And um, at the time, I think it was Dish Network. I had sent them probably 30 or 40 emails to get me TV to um, so that I could watch Fenguli basically. And yeah, I, I have Roku. And so what I do is I buy the friendly thing at $6 a month. And it gets a lot of stations, but it gets me TV. So I do that. I might have to check that out. But I, he, here's what's funny. And this, this is just the way the world works because it was about a month, month and a half after I canceled my Dish Network. Yes. I got an email from Dish saying that they added me TV oh. to Dish Network <laughs> in my area. Oh, said, my you God. You got to be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> after like a whole year of sending, I, I must have sent 40 emails or more. Wow. And then, you know, we we decided to cancel it because they had they had upped their price, you know, about 10, 15 bucks. So we said, we'll cancel and got their equipment and everything. And then like a month, month and a half later, I got an email oh. saying, hey, yeah, you know, me TV will now be in your area on this channel for Dish Network. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's insane. I said, that's the way it works, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I haven't I I haven't been able to see it. My sister, uh, she lives out in PA. She catches him uh, once in a while. But what's with his two and a half hour program? Is is it different than his what his regular program was? 
Well, what it does is it gives him more time for bits, but also a lot of those films we were watching on there, he had to edit to fit the times, the time space. And so now he's able to show the complete films. Oh, wow. Nice. They're going to have Godzilla at the end of the month, the original Godzilla and, and stuff. He couldn't show those before because they were too long. Yeah, I mean, when you're in that, that time spot of two hours and you're trying to do your bit plus, you know, fit in an hour and a half plus movie. Right. You know, there's a lot of editing. So that, that'll that be nicer that he can now show the unedited yeah, movie plus not have to rush his, you know, little bits as well. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. I, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't been up on it. I haven't watched him in almost a, a year now. Uh, the reason is because of my time schedule and stuff. But I got to tell you one thing, uh, Mike, when you say yeah. that, you remember that movie from Clean Eastwood, Hang Him High, I think it was called? Of course. You know, when it comes to the end, they're just walking in town. You're like, is the movie over? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if that's what happens to some of that editing, though, because like, I'm still like, one day I'm watching all this Clean Eastwood, and I'm like, what happened? Where's the ending? And they're just walking in town and then it's over. That's over. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, that was a real stupid ending. And, and I was like, you gotta be. So that's what I'm wondering if when you start editing a lot of the original films, I mean, there, there are films like the, which the demon, the demon, the curse of the demon. Oh yes. That's a good one. It's a good film, but it's kind of funny when you look at the demon, it's so fake on that thing. It's crazy. You know, you can see when they did it, that they didn't have the budget for it. You know, uh, it's true. But when I was a kid, I was scared to death of that thing. You guys ever watched the Kawabanga? It says from hell it came. It's supposed to be a tree stump. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's a good film. That's a good film. I mean, it is. Again, yeah. the animation is stupid, but it's good. Just like if you guys ever seen the Atomic Submarine, phenomenal film. It's really good, a good storyline. But when they show the submarine through the water, if you really look closely, you can see the stick. Oh my gosh. Navigating. <laughs> hey guys, I gotta jump in here because we are, are down on our time. And I just want to get a uh, a few quick announcements out to everybody. Uh my movie, uh monsters.com, scary monsters number 129. It is now shipping. So make sure you head on there and check that out. And also we have uh, Scary Monsters number 130, which is the Monster Memories drive-in yes. issue, which is going to be really cool. The cover looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. that, that is up for pre-order now, and there's a sale price uh, on there, so you'll you'll save two bucks if you go on there. So definitely go in and uh, check that out because that looks uh, really cool. You know, We all love drive-ins. I'm, I'm sure most of us remember uh, going to the drive-in as well. Uh, you know, I, I, grew, I was born in 80, so I, I caught just the tail end of it. I, I do remember them for a few years there, but, um, you know, sadly, there's not too many around. So, you know, definitely check out this issue to get uh, get some of your memories on those old drive-ins. And also, don't forget, Castle of Frankenstein number 36 it's is great. still out. And Castle of Frankenstein number 37, George Pell's Lost Time Machine oh. issue is up for pre-order so wow. you gotta check that out it looks um it, it looks fantastic i mean i i just I, i'm so happy with with their all their covers for castle frankenstein and scary monsters it's definitely um they they do a fantastic job and that's, that's why scott jackson scott hey, jackson does those right is he doing I, is he doing castle of frankenstein as well I think, but I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but boy, he does phenomenal work. Yeah, I'm not sure, but you know, next uh, next episode we will have that out there. I'll have to look on my issue and and see yeah. who's doing the cover. Uh, also, guys, uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Just type in uh, "House of the Unusual." Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our videos, leave a comment, check it out. Eddie and Chuck are always putting up some uh, great episodes there. And also, we have houseoftheunusual.com, which is our flagship site. We have a great forum site there. It's free to join, free to use, meet some like-minded people, share some of your collection. And if you want to be a guest on our uh, podcast, um, hey, hit us up. Let us know because we've had a lot of people on there that have posted on the forum and ended up being uh, guests and returning guests on the podcast. to Talk about the cool stuff that we all uh, know and love and that we like to hear and um you know, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your experiences and your memories, because uh, that's what we are all about. So, guys, everybody out there in podcast land, thank you for joining us. 
Uh, we are here every week for you. Find us on your favorite podcast platform. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, give us a five-star review if you are liking what we're doing. Uh, and just a big thank you. So, Michael Mesmer, thank you. Eddie Guevara, thank you for hey. joining us. All right, guys, guys. We will see you guys. next week, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Nice.